You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast from Open Doors Canada. My name is Jared. I'm here as always with Andrew, and we're going to be talking once again about our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. So, Andrew, uh, if you look at a map of Northern Africa, you'll see a lot of uh, pretty large, pretty significant countries that are lined up uh, there underneath the Mediterranean Sea, countries like Egypt, uh, Libya, Algeria. But... Nestled right there in the tip of northern Africa is a little tiny country called Tunisia. Yes, Tunisia is uh, number 26 on the 2021 World Watch List, up from 34 last year. Despite the fact that it's the only democracy among those North African countries, Christians have to be wary of sharing their faith openly. It's a largely Islamic culture and Christians fear pushback from family and community. But before we get into modern-day persecution, do you want to talk a bit about the background of Christianity in Tunisia? Yeah, I want to start by rewinding the clock way, way back to about 1200 BC, when modern-day Tunisia was settled by Phoenicians, who were part of the same, uh, same people group as the Canaanites described in the Bible. And the Phoenicians landed in Tunisia and founded the city of Carthage, and this uh, ancient culture had a pantheon of gods that included the god Baal, who is the antithesis of uh, the Old Testament god in much of the Bible. So that was the kind of religion that they had in the ancient world for many, many years, but it changed around the time of Christ. Now, Andrew, we uh, often think of the continents of Africa and Europe today as their own very separate places with totally different cultures. Um, but around the time of the Roman Empire, uh, Northern Africa, including Tunisia, was very much part of the same world and the same culture as Italy and Rome. The, the Mediterranean Sea functioned as a much easier transportation route than the Sahara Desert, which was underneath Tunisia. And so it was very much the same culture around that area of the world. And so for that reason, when Christianity spread into the Roman Empire, it spread into Northern Africa as well, including Tunisia. There was a significant Christian population there, and like a lot of the very early church, they suffered under the persecution of different Roman emperors before Christianity was legalized. But along with most other parts of North Africa, the Muslim conquest swept in during the 7th and 8th centuries AD and brought with it a significant culture shift which we still see today in the differences in culture between modern-day Italy and Rome and modern-day North Africa. And I wish I could cover everything that's happened since the 7th and 8th centuries, but uh, after Tunisia was part of the Ottoman Empire for several hundred years and then under French control, and then after World War II, Tunisia finally declared independence, and it functioned as a republic until 2011, when things changed. Now, we've talked about the Arab Spring before on the podcast, the wave of protests across parts of North Africa and the Middle East, and that actually all started in Tunisia. Increasing 
issues with the economic state of the country and the human rights abuses triggered a campaign of civil resistance that ended with a new government and changes in human rights laws. In many ways, the situation overall in Tunisia improved after 2011. But today, Tunisia is still categorized as a country with very strong persecution. Why is that? Well, like we mentioned earlier, it's an Islamic nation like the rest of North Africa. So there's significant cultural expectations to practice Islam. The president of the country is required to be a Muslim, and it's particularly dangerous for people who convert to Christianity from Islam. Often their new faith is opposed, sometimes violently, but by both family and community. It is difficult, if not impossible, for converts from Islam to live out their faith openly if they want to avoid significant pressure and opposition. As a result, most converts choose to hide their faith and cannot openly worship and live their lives as Christians. This also makes it difficult to gather for worship and fellowship due to the risk of exposure, especially if they are monitored by Tunisian security services. We mentioned at the outset that Tunisia has risen several spots on the world watch list since last year, and that's largely due to an increase of violent incidents against Christians in 2020. That's most notable in the more conservative southern areas of the country, while the north, which is more urban, has the capital city, is a little bit less conservative in that way. But in these rural locations, there's been a number of attacks, particularly on Christian-owned businesses and property. And so we're left with a situation where a Muslim might convert to Christianity, but uh, the fallout from that decision can be so great that they choose not to tell anyone about their faith. For exactly that reason, it's hard to share stories about specific believers in Tunisia. Security concerns are too high. So instead, uh, we want to tell you a story about a young woman who is from the region of North Africa. Uh, where the situation is similar. And we, we can't be more specific than that for security reasons, but her name is Islam, and she is a 23-year-old college student. Islam was raised in a strict Muslim household, but when she was exposed to a Christian movie when she was young, she began to secretly pray to the God of the Christians. As Islam got older, she was able to use the internet and social media to learn more about the person of Jesus. It's hard to find good information, and she began to think that there were no other Christians in North Africa. But through a slow process of searching, she finally connected on Facebook with other Christians in her country. She met another lady her own age who was a believer, and she was given her first Bible. That new friend invited Islam to church and a Bible study, where she learned about Jesus. The pastor explained to her John 14, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Islam said she felt like all the questions she had had about God were answered. She began to study the Bible more and more, and eventually, she was baptized. But like so many other Christians, she had to keep her faith a secret. Only her mother knew. Islam remembers trying to ask her father questions about the God of the Christians, and being afraid for her life when he reacted violently. She had no choice but to not speak of her faith. But she continued to attend Bible study and church services and to learn more about the love that Jesus has for her and for the whole region of North Africa. This is what Islam says about knowing Jesus in North Africa. It is worth it. I thank God for it. To know the truth and to know who God really is, I am lucky to have a special relationship with God. But when I see my family, I feel bad. I love my family. I love my dad. 
I would like them to know Jesus. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is, a dif- it is difficult to explain to others. It is not a religion where you are obliged to pray each day. We have a special relationship with God. Islam's story is one shared by lots of believers in Northern Africa, as well as believers in Tunisia specifically, in the sense that they can feel isolated and alone in their faith. Islam was able to connect with a church family, but not everyone has that opportunity. That's why it's so important for Christians in the global church, including Canada, to stand with our Tunisian brothers and sisters in prayer. So we hope you'll join us in praying today for the Tunisian church. We'll pray first of all for the isolated and lonely believers in Tunisia to find other Christians and connect with them. Pray that any fear or intimidation would be replaced by courage and joy. We'll also pray specifically for Christian women in Tunisia. Often they face greater hardships because they can be forcibly married, uh, divorced, kicked out of the home by their father or their husband. And the story of Islam illustrates how that can leave them with no other choice than to live out their faith in secret. And we'll also pray for the government of Tunisia, which has been improving their human rights record over the past decade. The current president has only been in power for a year. We'll pray that his time in office will bring new freedoms for Christians and greater attention to the rights of religious minorities. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for our brothers and sisters in Tunisia. God, we thank you for their faith, their willingness to follow you, even in a society and a culture that uh, says no to Jesus, that says no to Christianity. God, we pray, Father, for isolated believers in Tunisia today who are lonely, who are just kept apart from the greater body of Christ. I pray today that they would know they are not alone, that we stand with them in prayer today, that we are connected, that we are one church, one family. God, I pray that you would uh, strengthen our brothers and sisters in Tunisia today. May you fill them with courage and joy. God, we pray for Christian women in Tunisia uh, who who face such hardship uh, because of their faith, but also because of their gender, and and so I pray God that you would you would strengthen them today, God that you would encourage them today. I think of of this North African believer Islam, our sister. God, I pray today, God, that you would continue to strengthen her, and I pray that there would be opportunity for her to share her faith with her father. God, I pray you would protect our our sisters in, in Tunisia and in all North Africa, God, from uh, violence against them because of their faith. God, I pray, Jesus, that you would also uh, work in the government of Tunisia. God, we thank you that there have been uh, improvements in Tunisia in the last 10 years in human rights laws, and we pray that that would continue. We pray, Father, that Uh, the government would not be the source of persecution for our brothers and sisters in Tunisia. God, we pray that you would uh, strengthen the church there, may it grow, and may more people come to faith in Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us again this week on the podcast. We'll be back again next Wednesday. As always, if you want to learn more about your persecuted family and about the work that Open Doors does, you can visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. And don't forget to connect with us on social media at Open Doors Canada. Thanks so much for joining us, and God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved and then click Prayer.